hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Boom. We're back. Mike Young is sitting with Stock Tip Dave. Stories that need to be told. I've been gone for a minute, man. I've been gone two weeks two on long, the road. Two long weeks. Two long weeks. Stock Tip Dave didn't know what he was going to do with himself. He's been panicking for two weeks. He's been trying to do cross-country podcasts. He's been sitting in his apartment. But you're doing good. We're, I'm back, bro. I'm back. I had to take a minute. <laughs> I went to Detroit. I did five shows with Tony Rock at the Punchline in uh, Southfield, Michigan, my hometown. I went home, had a great time, have not played a straight-up all-urban, all-black room in about 15 years, and it was just great because Southfield, Michigan is where I grew up, and they just opened up a new comedy club there, and I thought it was part of the Punchline franchise. And the Punchline franchise is like in San Fran, Sacramento, there's Punchlines. It's just a big, giant comedy club. No, 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 not Detroit style, bro. They just took the name, threw it in a strip mall, and there's a Punchline. See, I had no idea Tony Rock was Chris Rock's brother. That's pretty cool. You didn't know that? I had no idea. It's funny. So I guess some people don't. I I thought everybody knew. But yeah, Tony Rock is Chris Rock's better-looking, funny brother. (laughs) <laughs> and Tony and I have been friends for 17 years. I mean, that's my boy. And so I've always I always wanted to write something for me and Tony cuz we like get along like 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 brothers. Like he's we've been on the road 100 times. Whenever we go on the road, Tony's like just he's he's too open for fun. You know what I mean? Like back in the day he was. Yeah. You know, nowadays he's settled, he's got his girl, he's chilling, he's laying low. But back in the day, our relationship was like Big brother, little brother. I was the big brother looking out for him because we'd be like in a city like Houston and all of a sudden we're at a red light. We're drunk in the back of some car and, not, and there goes Tony out of the car. He's walking through the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, yo, we're here. I'm like, yo, bro, people don't love you. Like, don't love everybody. Like, love, it's not like you got to be careful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's from Brooklyn. So I'm like, yo, Tony, you should know things like this. So anyway... I started developing something for us, you know, recently. And so his manager called me and uh, a couple of days ago, actually, just to check in on this whole situation. So just a quick, like, writing update. I thought it'd be dope. And nobody better take this idea while it's on the podcast. But it's something I had wanted to do for me and Tony. And Tony's been on TV now. He just was starring in a show called Living Biblically with my boy Jay Ferguson. And so I came up with an idea that Tony and I were brothers. We're half brothers. Same mom, different dads. Obviously, his dad's black, mine's white. He's high level, high powered criminal attorney. I'm a criminal, and <laughs> we get together in, in in the show. And I have to, I'm down on my luck. And basically, I come and I live with Tony and his family, and I got to get my shit together. And Tony is takes me in basically, and I got to earn my keep by like taking, you know, helping the kids out. I'll drive the kids to school. Whatever I got to do, I earn my keep, but I also help him out because I'm still in the underworld. I still have criminal friends. I help his business as a criminal attorney. So it's a fun thing. It's natural. And I told Tony about it when we were in Detroit last week, and he was all about it. And so his manager called me yesterday, and so I got we're going to meet today and just go pitch it and see what happens. Nice. That's how it goes, Stock Tip Dave. You stay creative. You stay on point. Pay, paper to 
pen to paper, bro. It's all about pen to paper. Just writing. Get it writing down. Yeah, just got to write, bro. Everybody, it's so funny because everyone's got an idea. Everyone's got an idea. Ideas ain't shit. Yeah, got to actually take action. Ideas ain't shit. That's, there should be a t-shirt that says ideas ain't shit. Because <laughs> if I could tell you how many people here. have come to me and been like, yo, I got the best idea. Go write it, man. Your idea, go turn it into a 120-page screenplay. You know what I mean? Or pay me money, I'll turn it into a 120-page screenplay. You know, like yeah. you. Dave had an idea based on your college years. High school. High school. High school based on your high school when years. I was a freshman. You thought it was so funny. Everybody told you it was so funny. You actually went. You put the work in. You came up with a screenplay. Bro, Seth Rogen, his crew, they wrote super bad in high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things can happen. This is a hundred page script and I think I think it's, it's pretty, pretty good. I read sixty pages, bro. I gotta be honest. Formatting's off. The exposition needs help. But the characters are there. There's a lot going on in in the story. It's fun. It's relatable. I think you got a shot, Dave. I hope so. You know what I mean? So now I'm gonna show you how to go after the money. <laughs> We're gonna send you after the money to go raise some money for your own movie. Absolutely. I'm thinking two million. <laughs> We're going to call seven of your family's friends. <laughs> Dave comes from full white privilege in Florida. You know what I mean? Private school. Say what you want, bro. I've, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know people that are like high up. I'm like, I'm try- I got a friend that's in jail in Florida who needs to get out where like he filed for clemency. Dave's like, oh, I know uh, the Morgan and Morgan family. They're like the biggest lawyers in Florida. I'm like, okay, good. Get this guy to call the governor. He will be the next governor, I think. Yeah, so there you go. Stock tip Dave is very well connected. He just never talks about it. And you just you, you keep it low. You keep it low. It's your family. I don't know you. What does your dad do? He was a doctor. It was just more so for me going to boarding school and just being social and talking to everybody. Talk to everybody. Yeah. Dave talks to everybody. Dave walked up to Don Johnson one time and complimented him on, on a TV show he did, that Don Johnson was mad that he was in. Yeah, so <laughs> this actually happened when I was like 22 years old. I was with my brother. We were at the White Lotus, and Don Johnson was there talking to somebody else. And my brother's like, I bet you won't go talk to him. I was like, don't say that to me. I'm drunk. You know I'll do it if you bet me. And so I was like, all right, I'll give you $20 if you go over there and talk to Don Johnson. To this day, my brother's like, I never said that. Did it on your own accord. And I walk over to him, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, I really love you in the, in the show Nash Bridges. And obviously, he's not from Miami Vice. And I said, Nash Bridges. And I was like, he's like, is it cool if I buy you a drink? He's like, yeah, sure. What'd you have in mind? I go, a white Russian. So the waitress takes about 10 minutes to bring the drink. So I'm sitting there kind of lurking. The drink comes, and Don Johnson goes, you know what? I'll buy you the I'll buy you this drink, and I'm like, oh, thank you. And then he goes, now get the fuck out of here, fuck Don Johnson. <laughs> and then, like I said, six months later, the guy who he was having dinner with ended up at my brother's house, retelling the story to my brother. My brother's like, wait a minute, I think you're talking about my brother. <laughs> yeah, six degrees of stock tip, Dave. You seem like you don't know anybody yet. You're connected to everybody. That's great, Dave. Maybe you. What is why, why do you roll up on celebrities and compliment them on offbeat movies? Because you think they'd appreciate it. Well, like, like didn't you tell uh, who'd you tell Jason Bateman that like you loved Teen Wolf Seven or something? So I was an extra on Arrested. Don't, it doesn't need to be a long-winded story. It's not long. Just I was working on Arrested Development. I, I you know he was like within you know five feet of me, and I go and I go, hey, I loved you in Teen Wolf too. And he he thinks about it for a second. He walks fifty feet away, stops in his tracks. He goes he goes, wow, Teen Wolf two. 
turns around and goes, were you even alive when that came out? Yeah. And then you hit Toby with a compliment. Stock tip Dave meets Toby McGuire. Toby's one of our boys for 20 years out here. Dave meets Toby, compliments him on a movie that he was an extra in. Yeah, the, the, the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage. He was in it, he was in it for like the last 10 minutes of the was movie. Was Fred Savage the star of that movie? Fred, it was Fred Savage, like Christian Slater, Bo Bridges, and then... It's so funny because I used to ask Connolly and Toby, I used to ask those guys like when they were kids, was there any, were there actors that used to like walk into an audition and be like nervous that, oh damn, this dude's here. And I'm like, I can't imagine like Toby back in the day, like walking in and going, damn, Fred Savage is here. You know what I mean? I'm going up against Fred. And all of a sudden, boom, Tony's, Toby's Spider-Man. and Exactly. Like I had no filter, like I was telling you earlier, like when I was 11 years old, when the Orlando You Mag- still don't have a filter. Yeah, still don't. But when right. when the Orlando Magic were popular, Shaq and Penny, um, Steve, uh, Jaleel White, who played Steve Urkel in Family Matters, went to all the games, and I just happened to be standing next to him during the national anthem. At the time, I'm like 11, 12, a huge fan of the show. And I go, I go, hey, Urkel, what's up? What's going on? How are you? And he goes, it's Jaleel, man. It's Jaleel. He got so mad, I called him Urkel to his face. You could, yeah, you could be beat up by multiple celebrities, but you won't be. <laughs> But anyway, Detroit was fun, man. Doing those shows with Tony Rock was a blast. And it made me think about different audiences as a comedian that you have to be ready to play for. You know what I mean? You can't just be – like you go to the Laugh Factory in L.A., it's like a cakewalk. I mean just let's be real. I mean you walk in, it's like 90% tourists. You know what I mean? 80% white people. You know what I mean? People who are just like sitting there, simple, easy, ready to go. If you do that room every night – I can't say you're going to get a ton better, but you go into an audience that you're not used to being in front of, and especially a black audience outside Detroit, they're going to let you know within five seconds if you're funny or if you're not funny. You know what I mean? I can imagine from 8 Mile, that movie. Yeah. It's just like 8 Mile. (laughs) For real. I mean, because what happened in Detroit is I grew up in Southfield. It was very diverse, mixed. I went to high school, black, white, Arab. excuse me, punk rock, rock, hip-hop. I mean, it was like a melting pot, crazy school that I went to. And then over the the 10 years after I I left high school after that, it was predominantly a black area. So Southfield just became all black and and Arab. They're called Chaldeans. They're like a sect from from Iraq. And so school became, Southfield just became a different, it just became a different demographic. So going back, it just, as soon as I got on stage, within literally 30 seconds, I realized, oh, shit, this is, you can't be anything but real. So, like, drop the act, you know what I mean? And let's get down and dirty and see what's going on. And it forced me as a comedian to start to just, like, really get back to the real truth of whatever I was talking about. Because if, you, if they sensed any false BS in your act, you could feel a boo coming. You know what I mean? Like the, <clears throat> these people work too damn hard to give them some bullshit, you know? So going home was great. Tony Rock was, you know, the last time Tony Rock was in town in Detroit and he and I did a show, it was eight years ago, Young American Comedy Tour. And it was me, Tony Rock, Sebastian, and Steve Byrne, and Brett Ernst, all of us on one show at the Royal Oak Music Theater. And we sold out Royal Oak Music Theater, and I had the comedian stay at my house. So Tony Rock stayed in my basement. So did Sebastian. And they all, you know, my mom was like cooking for all of us and like making lunch for everybody. And it was like a full-blown family affair. And, you know, my mom got to come to the show in Detroit. And so did my brother. And uh, 
I'll tell you this funny story, man, my brother. So my mom got to come and hang out with Tony, and, like, Tony gets off stage, and he crushed it. He crushed. And he go, he gets foul-mouthed once in a while, and he comes off, he hugs my mom, and the first thing he says is, like, did I curse too much? You know, like, he was checking in with my mom because she's, like, a mom to him. So that's kind of, like, he, that, that's, he and I became super close, like brothers. That's kind of why I wrote the show for he and I. And plus, he's, you know, Tony, in my opinion, He's a better actor than his brother. He's just a good at Tony can actually really act. And so and TV loves him. Like the camera loves him and he's you know, he keeps getting on TV. He's hosting on HBO and Deaf Comedy Digital and the whole thing. Like he's got that vibe. So I'm writing this thing for the two of us. And I told his manager, I said, Listen, bro, I'll create the show, I'll write the whole thing. I'm gonna write it for me and Tony. If the network's got a problem and they throw me off the show because they don't want me acting, I don't care. I don't care. You know, my favorite movie of Chris Rock is actually Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> yeah, bro, you're the random movie lover. I didn't even know there. Wait, was that with Chris Farley? Yeah, Chris Farley, and he and uh, Chris Rock's in it. Chris Rock is. Uh, he works at the hotel, like the Beverly Hills Hotel. Beverly Hotel-ing. Hills Ninja. Yeah, and so and so he's so basically in the movie, Chris Rock is enamored by Chris Farley being a ninja, and so he agrees to be his student. And in that movie, you know, Chris Farley is one of like the biggest screw ups of all the students that were taught at this kung fu dojo. And Chris Rock's like doing everything he's, you know, right, everything he wants him to do, like chasing a chicken, like chasing <laughs> a chicken. I chased a chicken. I know I chased a dog in a mock in a mock film that I did for film school in Arizona. I played. I did like a parody comedy on Rocky. I chased my dog around the backyard. It, was, it wasn't funny. Anyway, <laughs> Detroit was great. Tony Rock and I, re- full reconnection. His manager, and this is why like, I wish I had a manager like this. His manager showed up from L.A., came to Detroit just to be there. Like flew in, kicked it with him, made sure his money was straight, made sure everything was cool, and then left. Like that's a manager. You know what I mean? I haven't had a manager like that in years. Maybe that's why I've been unmanageable. Like, that's the kind of manager that you want. Well, you said Barry Katz wanted to work with you. Oh, here's Kevin Connolly, ladies and gentlemen. We got a surprise phone call. Connolly's calling in. Yo. Yo. You home? Yeah, it's the landline, bro. Con's home pops up. (laughs) Yo, what up? You're fully on the podcast. We're eight minutes in. What's going on? Are you coming? Oh, oh, we're already on. Oh, we're you're on, Kev. I came on live. Yeah, you came on live three and a half minutes after you said you were going to call. Boom, we started. (laughs) Where's Doctor Dave? You there? Yeah, man. How's it going? (laughs) Going well, Dave. Going well. Um, yeah. So I was in Malaga, and I was catching up on the podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, Dustin Harnish was an interesting, good interview. Solid interview. Harnish, you know, Harnish is an interesting guy. You know, he's passionate, bro. Very passionate. You can tell he. I haven't probably... heard somebody use the word, use the expression "ass swipe" since about. <laughs> Yo, all of his references are from 1992. As far as like, as far as like any kind of curse words go, you can tell he definitely grew up in a, t- a tough house. There was a, it's a tough, there's a tough household. You don't use words like ass wipe if you know if your dad wasn't saying them. You know what ass I mean? Wipe. And also too, you know, Dave. I know, I know the the nickname is Stock Kid Dave, but. You really think you're qualified to be giving Mike Spann's actual stock tips? Hey, I haven't, I haven't recommended any specific stocks. I said, like... <laughs> oh, no, your big advice is when the market 
is low, that's when you buy. I mean, Dave's you got to be stock tip Dave to know that, right? <laughs> Yo, Kev, we got to get we got to get Dave to actually dedicate himself to studying some stock tips so he can actually yeah. give advice if we're going to keep calling him that. Because otherwise, within two weeks, you're just going to be Dave. And we're yeah. gonna take the stock t- stock tips coming down because or you or you have to come up with at least one stock tip winner in the next before football season. Hundred percent true, and I'll tell you why. Because yo, he comes up to the comedy store, and we introduce him as Stock Tip Dave, and all of a sudden people are asking him about stock tips, and he's giving them real stock tips. So Dave, right. you, you and, better and start listen, making he people. He gave money. me one stock tip, and it's and it's been a loser. <laughs> hey, it's, all right, it's, it's or maybe non-stock tip. Wrong yo, st- yo, how about <laughs> wrong yo, stock tip? Yeah. Inaccurate stock tip, Dave. Yo, how we about could, we could modify the nickname? Yo, every week it's something different. One week is wrong tip, Dave. <laughs> no, <laughs> go, no, no, no. <laughs> it's wrong. No, it's trust bad. me. I still own the stock. I recommended. It's 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 gonna happen. Don't worry. It's not like an overnight like millionaire thing. Kev, I said, but that's how you pitched it, Dave. You pitched it as like a surefire double your money in three months. And it's been a year, and the stock is down, bro. Connelly's, and everything else is way up. Yo, Connolly's down twenty-seven thousand. Four people that he met at goal are down eleven thousand. Not, <laughs> not, not true. Basically, not true. Yeah, Dave. Basically, you owe a lot of money out here on the streets. Wrong tip, Dave. Wrong tip, Dave. Yeah, we're gonna put that up next. <laughs> no, no, Dave. That's what I'm saying. You should study. You should study and really become stock tip, Dave. Yo, Be stock tip, Dave. Kev, I'm trying to get him disciplined to where he can just put 20-minute chunks a day, you know what I mean, Ch- t- chunks of time away a day just to be disciplined. Like, Dave, you want to you talk about promoting the podcast? Just take 20 simple minutes out of your every day and blast it out there. That's it. You don't have to overthink it. Don't ask me a bunch of questions about it. I don't want to discuss it. Just put it out. Right. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of questions. A lot, of, got questions. A lot of questions. Oh, Yo, we're going to put next week you're going to be question Dave. But he's getting comfortable on the podcast. He sounds good. You sound good, Dave. Thank you. you appreciate yo, it. Do you notice that, Kev? Yeah, yeah, I do. From the first, from his first appearance to now, he's kind of settled in. Yeah, he, was he knows when to let you do your thing. He knows when to interject. He doesn't step on you. Exactly. I think you guys got a good thing going. I appreciate it. Yo, I, I like calling in. I'm never coming into the studio again. I'm calling in just like this. By the way, <laughs> your sound quality right now is better than both of ours. I wouldn't even come here if I knew this was this good quality. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Do I, is this, do I sound like I'm underwater? No. You I mean, sound... I am underwater, but that's just in general. <laughs> but <laughs> do I sound like I'm underwater right now on the podcast? No, you sound clear as day. And I know you're underwater because you're doing nine different things. And talking to Kevin is one of the funniest things because he'll hit you with seven subjects and, and he'll get you off the phone. See, I want to hear about Spain. I want to know what you did in Spain. Like, other, other than work, what was, like, the funner stuff that you were able to do? How was well, Spain, was, Kev? Well, it was work. It was good. It was fun. It's far. It's far. They don't, like, you know, yeah. I mean, granted, it, it, it is Spain. It's Malaga, so it's only Barcelona, so they didn't, they didn't speak any English at all. Like, none. No English. So, so did you have, I mean, obviously your cast, Kev was out there. I was pretty good at talking with my hands before Spain, but now I can <laughs> act out a vodka soda with ice cubes. Yo, like you've never you, seen it before. What, you stepped up your hand motion game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you have to. They just, you literally are like, hey, can I have a vodka soda? Like, they look, they're like, no, or like, Diet Coke, that means nothing to them. Ice means nothing to them. You know? Yo, yo, did you direct three episodes total out there? Or how yeah. many? It was a three episode block. Three episode so, block of the show, it was Snatch. Three episodes over 25 days. Yo, and, was uh, you, 
Go ahead. But it's it's run and gun, man. It's it's hard, you know. Like TV shows aren't, aren't like movies. You know, we're, we're out there doing seven, eight pages a day. You know. So Yo, was your crew Spanish? Um, yeah, mostly ninety percent. A lot of a um, lot of people from the UK. So mostly English and Spanish. And there was one other. There was one other American. The director of photography was a, was an American guy. You're like Which, listen, honestly, right? That's the person you need to communicate with most. So. If I had to have one person be from Long Island, it would be the uh, director of photography. Right. The only other guy was from Long Island. Funny. No, I could see the Connolly was not going to Spain without an English-speaking DP. I could see you. Yeah. At, I could <laughs> see you at the airport, about to look, get on a plane, negotiating last second, and you're, I could just see you going. I'm not coming anywhere without <laughs> one guy that speaks my language. It's the hometown of Pablo Picasso. That's what Malaga is known for. Oh wow! But even he bailed out of there when he was seventeen to go to Paris. Because, he was like, "Fuck this!" I mean, it looked like <laughs> you're. Here. It looked like you're right on the water, though. Yeah, I mean, you're right on the water. You know, I could run the hose uh, in the driveway and be in the water on the water too. You know, no, Kevin Collins. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing against. No, Mong is beautiful. I had, a, I had a great time, but it's just three months in a, in a in a foreign country with no ESPN stuff. Oh, you had no ESPN. No, is, no, is, no ESPN, Yankees, all kinds of sports things going on. Wait, so did you get to see me front row at the Cavs game, or you didn't even get that shot? I saw it on Facebook. Oh, good, good, good. All right, I wasn't sure. <laughs> wasn't sure you were getting my, uh, my, appearance, my appearances in the playoffs. Dave, what's your take on the NBA? Or we could call him NBA Dave. He knows everything about everything. Or question- he thinks he knows about the NBA. Or, well, he does, though. Or you can call me Question Mark Dave since I'm always asking questions. You actually know more about the NBA than you do the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no, no. Give it time. It's just like I didn't expect that, that stock to fail a test. It's still, it's still going to be golden soon. But it's just, but- Dave, I believe you called the Orlando Magic to win it all when they when they came out of the gate strong at eight and one or whatever they were. I thought they would be better, and then of course they collapsed like they always do because they're. My my dad didn't even renew his season tickets. It only took him 30 years to be like, you know what? They're not trying. I don't care. But my opinion on the NBA is I actually thought Philadelphia had a chance, and then they just disappeared in the second round. And so I think it's going to be Cavs-Warriors again for the fourth year in a row. I got to tell you, watching LeBron James up close is some next-level be He's not even human. He's definitely on some kind of Chinese herb. He's definitely on some kind of... Some, I mean, he can't just be on water and Gatorade. This dude is a man amongst boys. I don't know. If I you know got, you won't say it on the podcast, Mike, but is he leaving Cleveland? I can't say anything. By the way, I'm eating sunflower seeds, so if you hear crackling, sorry, that's what that is. <laughs> um, no, you know what? You know what, Kev? Nobody knows what's happening over there. Nobody. All I know is there's people taking visits in his camp. They're visiting Los Angeles for apparent no reason. People are moving around the country. I sat with Dan. You know, you, I, saw, I sat with the owner of the team. He obviously d- is doing everything in his power to keep him and, like, just to keep this thing going. He's, all his comments are like, you know, you're not going to get a better team than we have right now. This is the perfect team to go on another streak. Yeah. But he also was aware that he's got a loose cannon on his hands and that this guy could go anywhere and do anything and, and not even tell Dan about it. And what was conveniently placed into Staples Center is LeBron James is a part owner of Blaze Pizza, and they put Blaze Pizza inside of Staples Center. So that There's could have some inside meeting as well. Conspiracy theory, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, conspiracy Dave. But that's real. But you never know what's going to well, happen. Let me tell you something. Look. LeBron James, 
I'm a Laker fan. Okay, mm-hmm. he, he, unless he's bringing a whole bunch of people with him, it'll be it'll be silly for him to come to LA. Unless he's got Paul George and somebody else in his back pocket, but don't be surprised when LeBron James turns up in Houston or Philadelphia. Write this down on this uh, this date on the podcast, May 11th. I gotta be honest. Call it. When, when, Con- when Connolly makes calls like this, a lot of times they come true. Connolly yep. definitely has. I a mean, good... I'd like to see him stay in Cleveland, but you know, when when can Westbrook opt out of his contract? Are we talking too much sports, Mike? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll I'll, I'll clip it I in forty think, seconds. Well, whatever. Whatever. You know what? Let's move on from sports. What other topics you got? Or you're running got, me off the air? No, I'm not running you off the air. I, I, you know what I mean? You're running yourself in circles right now, eating peanut seeds. <laughs> I, I can. I know Connolly's in his living room right now. He's shaking sunflower seeds in his hand and he's popping them in his mouth like periodically. <laughs> I know exactly what he's doing. How's the sound quality on the seed pop? I'm trying to like every by time the way, I pop it, like moving the phone away. Yo, by the way, didn't even know you were popping seeds. You're all good. Uh, nice. Kevin is leaving tomorrow. For, he doesn't Kens. know where he is. All right, you're not even over your jet lag yet, and now you're going back. You're you're, you're going to the Cannes Film Festival. You're going to premiere yeah. Gotti, mm-hmm. and I mean, listen, have a, I have an anxiety attack. You're having a full water. anxiety attack, and most people will be like, you know, super excited, and you know, they're on the movies parties. premiering. They be thinking about the parties. No, Connolly is fully under anxiety right now. <laughs> he's thinking, how's the movie going to play when he gets there? And he's just. He's just a real dude, and that's that's I know that's what you're thinking. You just want it to play well and do well, and then you want to get back to L.A., and you want to get under your covers, and you want to sleep for four days. I, I, I could use a good four-day sleep. I had a, I had a, I had a big stretch in, in Malaga and stuff. I'm, I, am, I am. I'm tired. Hey, did, um, did you? But no, I'm excited. I'm excited about Cannes. It's just, you know, it's different. It's different than acting. Like, as a director, you go out there, and you stand on this giant carpet with, like, you know, John Travolta and John Gotti. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I have anxiety. What yo, trying to what, figure out? Do I do like a little speech? Do I have a little beer? Do I have a beer before one hundred percent? Maybe a, maybe a half a goose and soda. I don't know. One hundred percent. Yo, Kev. One hundred percent. You have a beer. You know what I mean? You went at this movie, bro. I was with you right before you left to even do that movie. You were stressing out before. You tackled it like a man. You took everything that was given to you and all every hectic corner, every difficult situation that could pop up in a movie you had on top of which it's about an organized crime figure who's one of the <laughs> most one of the most famous in the history of organized crime. And you handled it, bro. And I know you don't like to celebrate yourself or pat yourself on the back, but just the fact that you got it in the can and you're alive yeah. to tell about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> just I need to, yeah. <sighs> that 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 would be a good. Uh, that's a good podcast. We'll get him on the podcast. Oh, I'll get John Gotti Jr. on the we'll podcast. Yeah, Cucci Davis around John Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yo, it'd be the first podcast. Dave was sleeping in a corner just out of his anxiety. <laughs> You put John Gotti Jr. across from you, you just start having a panic attack. Actually, I don't think I would because I've, I've, throughout my life, I've actually met people with mafia associations. So I've actually grown up, I've, I've grown up with some of these people. So I wouldn't, it would be, I wouldn't panic. You'd be okay. I'd be okay. Are you saying you're connected, Dave? Dave's connected. Well, there's oh, a, connected, da- connected Dave. Well, to t- if you, if you associate want, Dave. Dave's an associate. At my boarding school, I can, I can tell you if you want. Oh yeah, we yeah. tell us, please. I figured you're going to tell us anyway. So go ahead. So at my boarding school, Al, Al Capone's nephew was there. Al Capone's nephew. You got this, Kev? Um, my, my, Meyer Lansky's grandson was my good friend. Okay. And then 
I, I made friends with my first year in college, um, Bart Castellano, whose father was one of the Castellanos in 84. Oh, so Dave's connected. Yo, if I have any problems, Dave, I'm coming to you. <laughs> Dave, how do you know that that, was, that person was related to Meyer Lansky? Because they said that. I mean, did you see any photos or... He went, yo, he you know, went to one of those privileged Florida school, Kevin. Uh, no, boarding school in Massachusetts. Oh. I went to their house. It was his mom's dad, and she had to change her last name to, you know, because every time they would go to the airport, they would get searched. They get put in a private room just because of the last name, <laughs> and, and so and so and so. So she, they had to change their. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And so they had, so ridiculous. so she had to change her last name so she could go through the airport like a normal oh, person. Her last name was Capone. No, Lansky. Oh. I didn't know Lansky was on a no-fly list before, before <laughs> terrorism. I, I can't believe the gangsters were on no-fly lists. Meyer Lansky's on the no-fly list, yeah. Meyer Lansky, quiet guy, very famous. Also, too, Lansky could be, that could be anybody. You know, like, maybe if your last name was Capone. I mean, is there anybody left in America named Capone? Probably, right? Yeah, Gino Capone is an actor who called me from Chicago to write something about his great uncle Al. So there are Capones. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Kev, I got I to gotta ask you something, Kev. You're the king of not believing anybody. You didn't believe I knew Tommy Hearns. You're doubting. I, no, you it's know, not that I didn't believe. It's not that I didn't believe that you didn't know him, but, like, you to, it's all in the body language, Mike, and you're uh, – look, I believe that you know – look, you know people that I'm like, wow, how did Mike know that guy? Kev but, doubted me forever. <laughs> it's not that I doubted you, but I, you're, the level of your friendship. What I said to you was like, – so if I ran into Tommy Hearns online at Starbucks on Sunset, <laughs> yeah. and I said, hi, Mr. Hearns, you know, uh, big fan, you know, love, you know, you're one of the greats. Do you know a guy named Mike Young? He would say, fuck yeah, I know Mike Young. Yeah, he's my boy. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? One hundred percent. Not only would they he say that, he'd go, Yo, how's his mom doing? Tommy <laughs> What do you say? Like, let's take a selfie. One hundred like, send it to him? One hundred percent. He would take a selfie with you. He's a little punchy. You know what I mean? You it's tough to understand some of the things Tommy says. But I happen to be friends. I what told you, I went to high school with his brothers and I know Tommy from the time I'm twelve years old. You know what I mean? Nobody I know, wanted, I can't believe I got to defend would myself. Would you say that you know Tommy better than you know me, for example? No, because I know I've I've spent way more like days. With, okay, listen, so you, no, no, you and I have just spent more quality time together. Way more quality, real time together. But I've known him for obviously for as, as for lo- longer than you because I knew him in high school growing up. I would say I know you better than Tommy Hearns, Kevin. Yeah, you, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, Kev, you and I—we've we, shared way, way more. Right, we've spent fun more quality time together, but you've known Tommy Hearns longer. Longer, you know. I mean, he would definitely take a selfie with you, send it to me. He'd ask about my family, but you he know, wouldn't have to think about it for four seconds, like not, who Mike Young is, or like Kev. He wouldn't say like, uh, you know, Mike. Oh, I know, I know a Bob Young. He wouldn't say that. Kev, if I knew how to do a three-way on my phone, I'd put Tommy Hearns on the phone right now. So give me, give me, draw me a, a comparison. To Tommy, to how, how, how well your, I know him? Your relationship with Tommy Hearns right, would here, be like... Yo, Kev, Kev, listen, I'm going to give it to you talk, very I simply. Look, I believe you. But I don't, well, we don't need to talk about it We don't need to talk anymore. about it. The bottom line is, I boxed a little bit as a kid. My dad was good friends with Emmanuel Stewart. He trained Tommy Hearns. Oh, we were yeah, in the same... I heard the whole breakdown of yours and Dustin's... Oh, Illustrious boxing career. By the way, I don't want to put. I'm not going to put Dustin on blast. He's more of a kickboxer because you know boxers have like a certain style. 
He's more of a. Did kickboxer. you guys get in the ring after the podcast or before? We didn't get in the ring. We just worked. We worked the oh, match. Yeah, no, we I don't threw... mean you got in the ring. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. You, after you, you worked out after, after the podcast. Or after, before? after. Hey, hey, Kevin, how's your three-point shot going? I'm still waiting for our match. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Listen, I can vouch for Connolly. You will lose. I will mow you down. I'm just too powerful. No, not just that, Connolly. I will vouch for him. He. <laughs> He's got a three-point shot, and he's not afraid to take it. I'd say, <laughs> yo, let's say, let's say 16 years ago, maybe. I don't even know how many years, Kev, but we had the Entertainment League. Conley yeah. was on the team. He we caught, were playing a lot. We played a lot. We were playing a lot of ball. Played, a, played against a lot of famous but people. I could, see Dave sh- I could see Dave shooting the ball a lot. I could see Dave being, like, overconfident shooting the ball. If you guys <laughs> went against each other and you had the rack of balls, I think Dave's arm would give out when he came to the second rack. <laughs> No. Yeah, Dave, dude, can, can, you, can you do a full, like if you were in the three-point contest, would you be able to run through a whole rack? Absolutely, because we used to do that growing up. We used to set up like the three-point contest in my driveway where we'd go on five different spots and see who could make the most out of, you know, like 30 shots. Yo, Kev, so maybe you go against Dave. I mean, you haven't been on the court in a long time. I know it. I mean, obviously, if you just posted me up, you win. I'm just talking about a three-point competition because if he, if he did a full game, I'm sure you'd elbow me in the stomach or, like, the chin or something. Yeah, I'm physical, bro. I play physical. What do you want me to say? Physical? <laughs> physical? I, I watched you throw a ball at a guy's nuts in the middle a big dude. After a flagrant. It was a flagrant foul. Yeah, I got to be honest. That was one of the most fun times of life. I didn't even know yeah, you. Guys, I didn't even know you guys that well. I came in, played a solid off guard. Do you, I mean, be real. I could. I could. I could that was a the decent ball. lineup. Cassavetti was that the cat when we had Cassavetti's on the team. Yo, Nick Cassavetti's in shape. Six, six foot five out of Syracuse. <laughs> out of Syracuse, posting up dudes, and if you foul Cassavetti's, you get pushed to the ground. He would, yeah, he was Cassavetti's was our, uh, but he also was our. Our team defender, you know? Yo, in the championship game? If you, you hard-fouled anybody, you had to deal with Cassavetes with tattoos on his neck. No, but the best thing I ever saw in my life was going down full court. Breck and Meyer was trying to check our, boy, our, our friend Chuck. They came to center court. It wasn't even in the play. And our boy just threw an elbow at Breck and Meyer. <laughs> and this poor elbowed Breck and Meyer? No, Chuck did. And Breck, oh, and, and Breck and Meyer went flat on his back, and he wasn't even in the play. And by the way, Breck and Meyer, I got to be honest, he seems like a nice kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is a nice kid. Seems like a I nice like Breck kid. a lot. I've known him a long time. Seems I'm like wondering a... if I know Breck and Meyer like you know Tommy Hearns. I probably know Tommy <laughs> Hearns better than you know Breck and Meyer. I, I, I beg to differ. Yeah, I know you saw him a lot as a kid coming up in the audition waiting room, but there's no way you spent more time with Brecken. Does, does Tommy Hearns know many, how, how many members you, uh, family members you have? Yes, 100%. Tommy Hearns knows my brother. Like say, How's Rob? Yeah, Kevin. the kids. Yeah, he knows the kids. All right, all right. Look, you sold me. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. All right, I'm glad. Moving on. What else is on the uh, topic agenda today? I'm excited for you to go to Cannes. Is it Cannes or Cons, man? What is it? Is it Cannes? Oh, man, it's still heavily debated. I think it's Cannes. The Cannes. That's my understanding. Oh, Cannes. Is this your first time going, Kev? Or well, no? we shot the episode of Entourage there. Oh right! Oh, by the way, if you're right. if you're I didn't go, if you're I'm a fan sure. of Steak and Shake, they have one there. That's the one thing I noticed. They had they had a Steak and Shake in Cannes before they even moved it to L.A., which was the most random thing ever. It's an East Coast chain. They have a what? A, 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 a <laughs> yeah. restaurant called Steak and Shake. It's like an East Coast chain that hadn't even made it to L.A. And then my first visit to Cannes, it's like there and it's like popular and like everybody works there's like a supermodel. It's yo, ridiculous. random tip. Probably a Ran- pop up, bro. Yeah, random <laughs> fact, Dave. Yo, random tip. Everything's oh, you know what else? Articles, Dave. 
Dave, send you an article about yourself that, that you wrote five years ago. It's like, yeah, Dave, I know that. That's like Dave's like it's hot, hot off the presses. Dave's one of the well, the best was the other day. I sent them, I sent you, I sent you something, and you're like, yes, Dave, I have the internet. I saw this three days ago. <laughs> no, Dave's one of the best link finders, copiers, and senders. Link finder, Dave. Link finder, Dave. Hey, I've had like a, a I've probably had a minimum of eight nicknames through my lifetime. So. Absolutely. Yo, Kev. Listen, goal coming back strong soon. Yo, Kev, we've been talking about goal on the podcast a lot. Do we have a date or we're just pushing for a, 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 a date? I don't want to tar- overstep Internally, it. we have a target date. Okay, so we won't bring it up, but goal is making a comeback. Goal's yeah, coming back. It's not, it's not, listen, goal's not making a comeback. Goal was reinventing itself. By the I way. Make some, some changes. That's it. It's not a comeback. We didn't go anywhere. Do you know Nothing how many? went anywhere. Yo, Kev, do it's you know all the same stuff? Everything is the same except the menu. We changed up the menu. You should do the lyrics it up a little bit. Staffing it up. Yo, by the way, do you know, do you know how many people were lost in the streets without goal? People yeah. didn't know what to do with themselves. I had to have Dustin Harnish on a podcast and then go box him. You know what I mean? He he. We had no, we had nowhere to go. I haven't seen where, anybody. Where have you guys been hanging? Riley's right. Kev, I haven't been hanging anywhere, bro. I've been staying home. I haven't had a drink in five months. My first drink is going to on. on my life, bro. I've been to Rock and Rally's once, and then I, I think I've been going to the comedy store more than any other place. Since a lot school. more. A lot more. By, <laughs> a lot more. By the way, are we going to be, Dave, are you going to get up on stage? I mean, I don't know. I think I would bomb because I'd be put on the spot and I'd probably sweat. Well, I don't think you, I don't think you start at the comedy store. Am I right, Am I right, Mike? You got to yeah. go like deep into the valley. Open like mic. A place where if you bomb, the only person that'll see you is Mike. Exactly. We take you to the valley, to a coffee yeah. shop, in a corner. There's going to be seven people there and you work your Open material. Open mic out. and you just get up and you get the feel of it, right? Yep. Yo, by the way, Kev, it just for some reason it just shot back to me when you guys when you came to see me at the Laugh Factory like 15 years ago. Do you remember that? And nobody told I me do. they were and nobody told me they were coming. And like my whole crew walks in, and it's like you, Ethan, Toby, Lee, the whole. We were sitting up at the we were sitting up top, right? Were we on the top. <laughs> you came up on top. You know what I mean? You came up, surprised me. I saw you guys earlier that day. And like one thing with a comedian, you don't want to see it's real. You don't want to see your friends. In the audience. Right. You want to know they were there after, but you don't necessarily want to look in and see them. And so I get up on stage and I see like six of my boys sitting right in the in the balcony right in front of me. And we were in the front row on the balcony. Yeah. Front, I row, front row balcony. I had a little mini panic attack. I still had a decent set, but I, I can literally give myself anxiety right now thinking about that and like remembering that I didn't have as good a set as I wanted because I was just I was nervous that you guys all showed up. It was a good set, though. Talk about anxiety. I mean, I, I, I could never do it. But I think Dave's got it in him. Yo, Kev, Dave's- Kev, you would be great, bro. I'm not kidding. Playing a comedian. Like, I know you don't want to be a comedian. You could oh, never could be a comedian. Like but I, I would need you to write. I would need somebody to write the joke. See, I think. Hey, um, off topic. Has anybody seen Brian Hickerson's stand-up he, comedy? He's, uh, he's in South Carolina. All, I saw he posted a video. It was like a slow motion video of him doing something crazy with the chair, falling down in like slow motion. Like having sex on a, having sex with a chair on a comedy stage. Did you see that, Mike? Yeah, yo, it, I saw a, something, but I heard no. I didn't hear any audio, and I was like, "Yo, first of all, I'm like the audio is slow motion laughter. That's all the audio there was was slow motion laughter. Was there a crowd there? It doesn't. I think it was. I think it was at a place. But how do we get video of that? It'd be great to play that audio, audio and you know the audio on the podcast. Yo, you know what's so funny, man? 
why would Hickerson never tell me that he wants to be a comedian? Is that like a secret that he was holding? And then, I don't like, think he wants. He probably got hammered and just got on the stage. No, but you know how many people like down the line you start to hear like, "Yo, I want to do stand up. I want to try stand up." Like, I could have definitely helped him if he was re- if he was serious. I could have got him up like probably in the belly room of the comedy store had I known that he even had thoughts of being a comedian. He's the only what guy the, I know who I didn't know what the hell he wanted to do while he was here. The great documentary idea would be the the, the making of a stand up comedian, the Dave Van Gruff story. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be better. Like I think I could do like if, if Mike was on stage with me. I think it would be work because I don't think I could do it by myself. I think it'd be well, like yeah. A, a Mike team. would have to write your material it, for no. you. You could just get up there cold. You'd have a comedy coach. By the way, Kev, that would be a good documentary. If you, let's comedy see. Coach. I'd have to coach you for one year <laughs> to get you ten minutes. Could you I mean, imagine? I think it's a solid six months before he even steps. And into the parking lot of the comedy store yeah. as a comedian. Absolutely. It's, it's so – comedy is just one of those things where in your mind, everybody's like, yo, I'm, I could kill it. I could do it. I'm funny with my friends. And it's the I mean, only real art form where it's just not like that. When see, you go on right. stage, every word matters. Every rhythm matters. Everything matters. And nobody kills it when they go up first. Exactly. It's like, just not scientifically – possible it takes time see for me to do karaoke kevin had to close goal and have me do vanilla ice six times in the row six times in a row for two hours straight so i wouldn't mess up on my birthday <laughs> tell me about it because i i started videotaping dave when we he was doing dave, it we made dave rehearse we brought him in for a daytime karaoke rehearsal for his birthday so he wouldn't so he could crush it but he did he came through he came through uh, on the big stage yo kev a lot of a lot of pressure on dave that night Yo, I know you think I'm crazy, bro. All I think about is karaoke, and I start to get upset. In no, my... I know you. that's all you think about, because that's all you do, and you step on other people's verses. No, I don't. <laughs> First of all, I don't. Yes. I don't. Mike, it's one thing to sing a lot of songs, which you do, but not... when you're not singing, you can't <laughs> step on other people. You can't join other people's verses. I know. When you see fit, and you do that. Listen, I know you're a majority owner, but I think you, <laughs> I think you sing more songs than I do. But I sing songs, and then when I'm done singing my song, well, first of all, no, we're, we're definitely split down the middle right. in terms of numbers. But I don't. You <laughs> you keep a microphone in your back pocket, and then when some dude that we don't even know is singing a song, you you join him for verses two and three. Yeah, but what you... <laughs> and he doesn't want it. Can, can you guys ask him for your help? And all of a sudden, he's singing a duet. No, but what you don't see is when the guy gives me the look to join in. Well, I think you think it's a look, but he's really looking at you like, please don't step on my, my second verse. I, I, <laughs> my favorite verse. I think I actually know specifically what you're talking about, the time I jumped well, the in. the one night you had a really, when you and I really like were being microphone hogs, like you heard about it the next day, didn't you? Didn't yeah. somebody say something to you at the comedy store? Oh, everything <laughs> happened. Social media can, took over. People can you guys do anything He's like, hey, guys, I ask you a question? Did I sing too many songs last night? Yeah. I was like, well, you sang some songs. Why? Yeah. And you're like... Yeah, I've been hearing some things on the street. <laughs> I've been hearing things on the street. Yeah, and then in the comic circles. No, I know. Get, I know what we're going to do. Who said something? That Becky? She's no saint. She sings a lot of songs. Yeah, no. Becky said something, and one of the girls she brought to the comedy club said that I had a microphone in my pocket the whole time. But I didn't, <laughs> which is true. But I don't. we don't need dead air. So we got to just keep it flowing. And listen, God bless Hickerson. We all wish him well. He was probably the worst person to be running any kind of karaoke situation. He had no flow. And he was drunk. He got fired in the middle of a, a karaoke session. 
Yo, Jay. He didn't even finish out the night. <laughs> Wait, By the way, Jay. Can you, can you guys bust out anything right now randomly or no? No, Kevin and I, we don't need to freestyle right now. We'll, 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 throw, oh, we'll, God. we'll throw on a beat next time. But, freestyle, Dave. Yeah. Dave, we're going to start working on your comedy routine. 100%. What, what but, Kev. Saying, Mike, can, you, can you write Dave, now that you know Dave's personality, can you write Dave three minutes of comedy? Yeah, Kev, as if I don't have enough more words to write, I'm going to go spend another six well, hours. Okay. So that's a lot of work. That's a big job but, to do that. But you that guys, is a big job to coach Dave into comedy. Not that's, coach him. If you, wrote, if you wrote him, I could direct him. But you got to take credit for the Stock Tip Dave nickname because everybody loves it and thinks it's the best nickname. Maybe, you know, we can change it, but no, it's, we'll keep it for now. Everybody loves it and we'll keep it for now. Like no, that's your thing. Yeah, no, Kevin. Too- well, remember when you were toying around with just the tip, Dave? Remember you were just there was like a week period where you were just the tip, Dave. Well, and right. then <laughs> and then it was on your Instagram, and we we took it. I was like, Dave, that probably doesn't look great on a job interview. No, yeah, and I was like, I was, I was like, I, was like I, can't, I can't put just a tip because they're one my own. You were you were just the tip for five, solid five six days. <laughs> by, by the way, just the tip is its own podcast. I mean, that's just a subject for its own podcast. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, especially in this this market that we're living in. Well, you know what else? The, the, the real nickname is DM Dave. Why was he creeping on DMs? I didn't even know that. <laughs> Dave, no, no, no. Dave, come on. I'll be like, hey, are how not, are you? I don't. What? I'll be like, hey, what, how's like, it going? Do you not DM every single girl that that ever you've ever <laughs> that you've ever met. <laughs> it goes down in the DM. DM, bro. Hey, I don't say anything inappropriate. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Or a cool video that looks awesome. I don't like say anything like. It doesn't matter, bro. Once you're in the DM, you're in the DM. It yeah, does. it's just a thing. Like, even if, if you're saying you're exchanging pleasantries, you're still sliding into the DMs. Yo, it's like breaking. You're. It's like breaking and entering. You're breaking. <laughs> you're, you're, you're breaking into someone's house. Hey, and I'm they not want my, you there. I'm not quite at Brian's level. To, they can't wait to say to their friends, "Guess who slid into my DMs last night? Just the tip, Dave." <laughs> I, 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 By the way, we're going to make it cool for Dave to get in the DM this year. We're going to get Dave. I told Kev, I think Dave for karaoke night, I want him to dress in a tuxedo, hear me out, and he let him be the one who goes table to table and get everybody their songs and get to collect a paper and come up to the thing and give me give me who's coming up next, and then I can bring them up the way we used Mike, to do you, it back you, in the day. But you can't, like you said, you have no free time. You can't be the karaoke host like, no. when you want, like listen on a random me. night when you want to sing. Like, I'm hosting tonight. No, listen, know? no, no, listen, Kev. I'm traveling for comedy. I, I leave Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If we do karaoke on a Tuesday or Wednesday or even Thursday, Thursday I'm is good. karaoke night. Okay, then I'm good. But like, David a tuxedo Friday. walking around goal, like, Collecting little pieces of paper. <laughs> we make it a thing. It's like the it night. Might be borderline. And plus, Dave is like three sheets into the wind by the time of karaoke. Starts. No, we put him on a three drink program. <laughs> He's not allowed to have more than three drinks. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, by the way, Hickerson's more of the king of the DM than me. Hickerson's the king. He he owns that title. He's out, oh, bro. Dave, that guy moved. Listen, he Dave, moved. you are the king of the sliding into the DMs. Last night, somebody said something to me. I saw somebody at Matsuhisu. <laughs> like, yeah, Dave DM'd me. <laughs> you saw? It, are you serious? Somebody in a yeah. restaurant? Yeah, Dave, you're What's out there, that? bro. Somebody in a restaurant brought it up. Yeah, put- Matsuhisu. Yeah. Somebody in Matsuhisu said that. Yeah, Dave, you're freaking people out, bro. Stop I love it. it. 
I, I didn't do I anything. Didn't I was probably like, all right, then keep it going. If you're if you're sliding in the DM and and if if, Con, if Connolly's got your back, then we're all good. I probably said that. We're all good. I, I probably saw a video of food and said that video looked. I was like, that food looks good. That's the last DM I think I sent was like, oh, you ate all that food. It looks awesome. By the way, Dave couldn't be happier, Kev. You know what I mean? We've got, he's, he's met a whole new group of people. You know what I mean? He's got Toby McGuire giving him hugs at karaoke. He doesn't know what's happening. You know what I mean? Dave could, he's getting haircuts Dave's for a, no Dave, reason. Dave, you're, Dave's, a great, great, Dave's a great addition to the podcast. Listen, I'll give... Dave, you made the, you made the poster. That, I know. Listen, <laughs> I love it. That's Kev, the next level shit right there. You're on the poster. I think it's I very well done artwork, Mike. I like it. Yeah, uh, we it, it, we were just going back and forth. Like, where do we put the name? Do we go and Stock Tip Dave? Yeah. And you know who actually put me on that and poster? Introducing Stock Tip Dave. Yeah, we got him and Stock Tip Dave. And you know who did that, Kevin? My, Mike my, Young. Stories that need to be told with Stock Tip Dave. And I mean, Stock Tip Dave. Yeah, we put and Stock Tip Dave. I was thinking about with. But I think and well, they're both they're both like the same um, glamour credits. You know that like if you get like on a TV show or a movie, that's like a special credit, right? <laughs> so the above the title credit is like the big one. Yo, Kev, and then if you're with or and, that's a special. And introducing is like a real tip of the cap. Maybe it should be an introducing stop stock tip, Dave. You I think? Don't know, keep it as and. Let's keep it me. and for now. Because you'll be surprised. Yeah. My, my actual, um, my, my cousin's 10-year-old son actually did that. Yeah, the guy running our graphic division, Kev, is a 10-year-old. It's amazing. He had a field day with throwback head, old headshot day. For sure. He was digging <laughs> out. By the way, his old, his old shit is from four, is three years ago. He looked, you know what I mean? But that's from that's from 2014, right there. That but picture. I did I, I did post the picture that you didn't believe me about because when you were asking me about you know when I was telling you about my my parents and my home and having karate trophies, my karate my, uh, trophies, and my in my you know my closet, I found the picture of me in the tournament where I'm like you know probably two foot five going up against a girl who's like four foot two and her leg is like the size of my entire body. So I posted a picture. Did you put it? Did you post it? Yeah, it's a post. So there's a picture of a girl where her leg's the size of my entire body and it's her like basically kicking me. And that's on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, man, you have to. We need to see those pictures, bro. That picture's worth 7,000 followers. If Dave, and Des, Dave increased the listenership by at least 100 people an episode. Yes, for sure. He has. I mean, he's done smart things. We did like little Facebook uh, buyouts. Little he's he's researching some Google numbers. He's definitely. <laughs> I told him to go and take a link and just go blast it on random places. You know, he's definitely stepped up his game. Plus, he's got to go into the Apple Store. He's got to pull the Mike Young and go into the Apple Store and pull it up on all the computers. By the way, Tony Rock saw that. He's like, "That's the best idea I've ever seen." That's what we have to do, Dave. I want you in the Apple Store at the Grove today, and you're going to pull up. Stories that need to be told. And just leave it on every laptop. And people think it's supposed to be there. They think it's some marketing thing. It'll be a minute before the, uh, the Mac store catches, yeah, the Apple store catches on. Because <laughs> you, you think they're going to bust us? So there's yeah, nothing illegal. Cut, cut to Dave getting arrested. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's illegal. <laughs> Mike, Imagine if Dave got arrested at the Grove. Mike, Mike, Mike wanted a video of me putting flyers of the, uh, of the podcast up around town. Yo, Kev, I want to go old school guerrilla marketing like the rap groups used to do. Grassroots, bro. I'm grassroots. all about it. I'm all about grassroots. I'm scrap metal. You know what I mean? Let's Yo, go. you gotta, you gotta literally just, just for, just for the sake of it, you gotta be literally handing out flyers. Dave, open your trunk. Yep. And, and be handing out. And then when the podcast blows up, you go. I was handing out flyers out of the trunk of my car. Exactly. For this podcast. By the way, you got nothing in your trunk. I saw your trunk. There's nothing in there. 
Let's get some posters. Yeah. I'm going to show you where to put them up. I got, we'll the, got a set of golf clubs. I got, two, I, I, got, <laughs> I got two surfboards and a bunch of beach sand in my trunk. I, you got a surfboard? I didn't even see Not the surfboard. surfboards. No, uh, skateboards. I'm sorry. Two longboards. Kev, have you ever seen Dave skateboarding down third? Yeah, I have, bro. I've seen Dave bring the skateboard into goal, which is, like, just dangerous <laughs> on many levels. I bring the skateboard into goal. I have, I have a spot in the back of goal where I always, you know, park it. By the and way, I make him. I make him put it in the back because it's like takes up so much room, and it's like he's just kind of leaning against the bar. It's like, Dave, this isn't this isn't Venice, bro. You know. Yo, Kev, you think I'm out of line with my aggressive thoughts on goal? How it could be a, a big, a big. You know what I mean? How there could be multiple. You know what I mean? How I want. No, we're going to franchise goal. We need to crack the menu. We're going to crack the menu, and this is this is going to be the goal 2.0. Is going to be is going to be the real deal. It's going to be a new test. Pizza at goal. We got pizza at goal. By the way, I've never been so vested in a place that I, I don't own. I literally, people at the comedy store, they're like, yo, we're coming to your spot. I'm like, hey, yeah, you guys definitely come to my spot. I was going to call you yesterday, Kevin, say, yo, can I just put a little bit of dough in just for, I want to just give you 5000 and say I am an owner. Dude, you know I was, I was I'm really, I'm really like, telling people. Like two, two or three weeks ago. You know, when nobody knew what was really going on, um, you know, I walked back. I told you guys what was really going on. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I, I, told, I told you the day that, that it closed down what was going on. Oh, yeah. but, I got no confirmation. I, I just, no one was talking. I didn't really ask. I just assumed. There was nothing, I didn't, there was nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, we'll talk about what? We, I said, it, it wasn't going to happen until I got back. But a bunch of stuff was done when I was gone. Pizza ovens and whatnot. We're going to be ready. Karaoke and pizza. No, but, stock, but what I was thinking is... Hosted that, by Stock Tip Dave. Tuxedo Dave. <laughs> tuxedo He's going to be in a tuxedo. It's going to be pink. <laughs> I, I don't know that that idea... I don't know. That, first of all, Dave, do you have a tuxedo? No, I'd have to rent one. I've never, I've never owned a tuxedo in my entire... I don't think I've ever worn a tuxedo in my life, to be honest with you. Kev, you can't can, rent a tuxedo. Kev, can, you got to get one. Get like one of those baby blue ones. You know what I mean? Go get one from a thrift store. I did get some new badass shoes that I think you'd probably like. I'm not kidding. That we're gonna we're gonna just Kev just let, at least let me try that technique for the first karaoke night. I want to host it. I don't like dead air. I won't be a mic hog. You get all your Dr. Dre songs. You and get all your Snoop. Run the equipment. Like the same person runs the equipment, and then and you'll just but you're just gonna host it and tell her what to put on. Yo, we're exactly we're gonna do it exactly how we used to do it back in the day at the Belmont. Somebody else was doing running the 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 audio. All I was doing was on the mic hosting, getting everybody who's who getting everyone's song who's coming up next, making Are you commentary. Invite people, that's the other thing. You guys wouldn't kill you to invite some people. No, I'm gonna invite people. I gotta do a full sound check to make sure our sound is good. You we know gotta what? have good sound, Kev. People sing; they want to hear themselves. That was another thing you heard on the street. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yo, no, it's not ridiculous. <laughs> I heard things about the microphones on, in the streets. Uh, I'm the gonna... streets were talking big the next day. Mike, what streets? You walk down Burton Way and Third, and you go to the comedy store, and then Dave picks you up, and you guys go to Burbank for the podcast. Do you know how big those streets are? Dave, I go are to you the... driving Mike around. Is like Dave. <laughs> you and Dave are like I love it. You and Dave are like you know. Yo, Batman and, and Ro- Baba Booey. Actually, Batman and Robin. Here's he a story me. you'll like. That you'll like this story, Kevin. Actually, this. Happened a few weeks ago. So uh, Mike calls me up one morning at eight o'clock. He's like, "I need you to take me take me to, to a meeting." And I'm thinking, I'm just going to pick him up, drop him off, and go. I heard, I heard, the, I heard, the, I heard the story. Oh, I heard you're Mike already, tell, tell yeah. story. But yeah, Dave, you can't. I don't know that Dave's ready for a network meeting yet, Mike. You know what, Kev? I thought maybe he was, but when I got there, I could see not only did because of the pajamas <laughs> that he had on, but I also if Dave catches a little. If Dave catches some nerves. And he starts talking in the meeting. And he starts. 
By the way, <laughs> I by the way fine. I, I introduced him to everybody that was there as Stock Tip Dave. And when I went into the meeting, they basically <laughs> said to me, because it was a meeting on the single mic thing, and they were like, yo, we love characters like Stock Tip Dave. So they, they liked the character, but I think it was better at this moment. Than I, I, heard, I, I heard you trying to, trying to tell Dave, like, essentially – you're probably not going to be playing Stock Tip Dave. <laughs> probably not. There's a better chance. Like you might be, but you're probably not going to be Stock You're probably not going to be Stock Tip No, we might go Dave, get... how would you feel about that? Would you give Mike uh, the rights to your likeness for single Mike? I want to give it a try. I think I can surprise you. Oh, oh you want to audition? I, I think I can surprise people. You're going to audition. You'll audition for yourself, 100%. But there's no guarantee you're playing you. A lot what's of people... Going on with, what's going on with single Mike? Yo, I was Mike, gonna... why don't you get one of your rich friends to bankroll a few episodes? That's no problem. So, I mean, what do we need? 100000 to go shoot three of them? You tell me, bro. I, I can't. I would, do, I would direct two of them for you. Okay. I would so, do one and two if yeah. we were fully funded. Yep. And I was in charge of the – and I, do, I was the director. You, can write, you write it, but, like, for those two episodes, I got to be – I got to be calling the shots. You call the shots. I am the writer. I am playing myself. You'll be I'd, the writer, producer, playing yourself. The exact tone that you saw and loved. We keep that. I get it. Yeah. Boom. You, you are the director. If you can get that money, then you get a hundred grand in the bank. Yep. There in the bank. No, like come in and over here, there. Put a hundred grand in the bank. We'll get. We'll put. You know, get a line. You know who? You know who probably would be good at that. Who? Maybe get Jay Seals to line produce for us, or just or just yeah, help to us. Kind of. Yeah, to help to help put. The physical production together. Yep. And you know, and that, and we'll go do it. We'll knock. We can knock it out and and probably do two episodes in like probably eight days, uh, seven, uh, seven, seven or eight shooting days. And okay. As you know, in Kevin, LA, I like all it. the favors, but you got to put that money in. You got to put that money in the bank. And not, yo, Kev. Not only that, the the, the next two episodes they're already written. Like they're written. How many yo? How many minutes do we want to shoot? Do we want to shoot each episode twelve, fifteen, or do we want to do? Does it, is it worth us? Maybe we don't need to shoot a half hour each episode. Like, what do you think? Well, then, then, well, that, look. Here's the thing. What would you, a you dream know, scenario be? Because I'll go get the money in two phone calls. I'm saying I think you could probably for a hundred grand, you could probably do two thirty minute episodes or twenty four minutes or whatever. Then I think that's what we do. I'm done talking about it. I was going to tell but you don't that. Talk, I, don't want to, I don't want to hear about it until that money's in the bank. You call one of those guys, have one guy put in, you know the guys, have exactly. one guy put in 50, have the other guy put in 50. That's it. I'll do episodes one and two. You know, I'm going to come to goal. I'm going to open up my phone to the Wells Fargo business account, and I'm just going to show you a You show me that 100 grand in the bank. We'll get we'll, seals. We'll book some dates, and we'll just do it. Okay. And done. I don't. Done. We don't have to say any more about it. It's. It's. Yeah. I mean, like the next thing it. is like, hey, Kev. Great news. I have a, I'm looking at. Yeah. Exactly. Look. Pull up your iPhone with the giant block letters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but as you, as you know, I'm the king of random. I think I could pull it off. Maybe an acting lesson or two. But I think I could surprise you guys. Oh, Look at Dave stuck on acting. You know, Dave. For, yeah, Dave. For, an acting lesson or two should really help you conquer it. You yeah, know, for for a you know, you know who might be good, Akeem. Does he act? Yeah. He, he's, he's, Dude, the team is like lives in acting class. You think he'd be solid? What to play stock tip? He's day in every. We... He's in. He's in UCB, Groundlings, Second City. He's like a top. He's like gone through. He's been doing it like nonstop. He started like on a whim like a couple of years ago, and he hasn't missed a beat. He just keeps going and going. He'd be like the equivalent of a black belt in karate at improv. Akeem. 
Yo, then we 100% we give him something, bro. I'm all for friends and family. I'm all for... We but, cast dude, you it. can't just say you're going to take two acting classes and, like, star in the show. No, no, no. that's not what I meant. I'm saying, I'm, no, I'm, I, it is offensive. No, that's not what I meant. I said I could, I'll take some acting classes, but I'm just saying I, I, I think I could... I think it would surprise you guys. Yeah, all I'm saying. Say it. Say yeah. it. You think you could do what Mike and I have done our whole lives what in two acting bu- classes? Yeah, busting no. my ass for 21 years on a stage every night in front no. of strangers. No. And you need, two, you need two classes, maybe one, I just depending th- on how it goes. I just threw out a random number. you yeah. got to try to make it through Ice Ice Baby one time. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> offensive tip Dave. <laughs> I mean, just take no, it I just, I just wanted a chance to try just to see. No, see, let, let Kevin tell you the the you respect the actor because <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And Kevin, please respect the actor. By the and way, Dave, you know what, Mike's too nice. To say, I'll tell you, you are not playing stock at Dave. It's confirmed. Akeem is playing stock. <laughs> yo, we've, yo, we're casting stock tip Dave Urban. We need diversity in the show, <laughs> and you've just been casted out. But we will yeah, get. Yeah, Chase Fields will produce it. We'll get. We'll get like a real DP, and we'll knock it out. It'll be fun. And by the way, we'll, maybe we recast one or two of the females that we saw before, but we basically... Yeah, I think you we'll, recast everybody, bro. Okay. I think everybody gets recast except you. Okay. All right, cool. Seals will be all bummed out, but they, too, too bad. He'll produce. We'll Who will? Seals, because he was in... Well, he was he's going to be... Well, Seals is going to be the producer. He's going to produce it. Oh, I mean, it, like, look, if Seals wants to, you know... He's you know, got to audition at this point. He's auditioning. No, here, <laughs> he's auditioning. Here's what you have to do. You I just, love him, but he's auditioning. You guys got to add scope. You guys got to add some scope. Exactly. You can't have two people at goal. Yeah, no. we can shoot at goal, but you got to have people in goal. Make it look like it's crowded. No, you're going to love the. I'll send you the next episode when you get How back. How many pages is each episode? The 26, 27 pages. Both of them. They're written number. Out. Yeah, two, 26, 27 pages. There's a lot of you got, fun you things. You got uh, Can yeah. you get the Saget cameo? 100%. Do I need to can prove you to you How I know Saget? Can you get cameo? 100%. If you could get, by the way, if you could get those, if you could get Saget and Sebastian to do like quick scenes, one hundred percent, do the scene, you improv it, whatever. Yeah, that's how. Also, too, that that's how you sell it. That's how you sell your shows. So the goal, so no, they don't have to be regulars. There's no commitment on their part. They show up and they knock it out. By the way, Kev, I want Rappaport in there too. I think Rappaport comes in for us. Rappaport, yeah. You I know? think you call in all your favors. It is, I mean, it is your passion project. You've been working on it for years. Ever. It, it, it's, Everybody it, knows that. It, it's, it's like part of your stand-up act. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, that people would be happy to help you out. Good, I want to make a cameo. You're going to get a cameo, Dave. You're just not playing yourself. We'll get you a cameo. Well, Dave, uh, after we get over being offended, how you think it would take one or two acting classes? I was just throwing random numbers. For... I didn't mean it like that. I was just throwing out a random number to throw out a random number. All right, yeah. But, but, but... Yeah, well, go shoot higher than one. Yeah, bad number Dave. Bad num- <laughs> Wrong number Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong number Dave. Wrong right, number yo, Dave. I gotta go. I can't. This is, conversation has been going on too long. All right, no, it's um, been great. But I've been on the air for an hour. How long is the podcast? By the way, you sound like you haven't lost any energy. You sound up as can be. The seeds are working. <laughs> you're in on your coffee. I know you're coming to the valley to do some editing. I know you'll be here at some point. You know, in the in this area. No, I I, I had to I had to do reschedule. I had to email in my notes today because I, I gotta I gotta get ready for can. I need underwear and socks right. and like toothpaste and that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yo, Kevin Connolly. All right. Thanks, bro. Thanks for calling. Way, way to put me right on live without a warning. No warning. You don't need it, man. You're like, yeah, well, you're you know, of... hey, we're going on and, you know, a countdown is, is you know, or yes. an intro, something. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Get that hundred grand in the bank and let's go do this. All right, Kev, it's been All right, confirmed. See you guys later. Later, buddy. Talk to you Peace. soon. 
Yo, Kevin Connolly. Kev never lets down. You know what I mean? Connolly is always on fire. And by the way, because of the last podcast, let it be known, I'm calling that other company that wanted to do single mic, they're out. Connolly's going to direct the first two episodes. I'm going to go get 100000 I don't even. I don't care if I have to rob a bank, but I'm going to get the 100000 We're going to shoot two of them, and that's that. Single Mike's going to be a show. I don't care about the other dude that offered me 50000 He's out. I don't like working. I'm only working with people I want to work with right now, at least on this project. That was real cool, Kevin. Anyway, Connolly's going to Cannes, to Can, to Can Film Festival because he directed the Gotti movie starring John Travolta. So we'll give him a shout out. Uh, hopefully you guys love the movie. I'm not sure the release date, but just check it out. John Travolta starring. And I was with Connolly when he wasn't going to do the movie. And this is like a running theme in my life. I was with Connolly 15 years. Whenever Entourage first came out, I was with Connolly when Doug Ellen wanted to put him on the show. And Connolly didn't know what the show was going to be. And he's like, yo, bro, I'm done acting. I'm only directing now. I don't audition. So See, I said, And I said, bro, I promise you, you don't have to audition. Doug Ellen wants you to play this role. Long story short, he goes to lunch with Doug Ellen. I put him together. Boom. The rest is history. I was with Connolly at goal. He wasn't going to do the Gotti movie because all the dudes that were involved were just they're trying to get they were trying to get Connolly to shoot the movie in like 24 days. It was impossible. He wasn't going to be able to pull it off. So I and he was he was like on the fence about it. And I said, "Yo, Kev, send your producers an email and say if you give me 30 days to do this movie, I'm in. Otherwise, I'm out." He sent a firm email. I don't know if he'll remember exactly, but we were sitting on the left side of the bar. It happened just like that. He sent a firm email to his producers, and that night he got it. He said, we got you your days, and it was game on. Nice. And all kinds of wild shit happened because it's the Gotti movie, so Kev had to deal with John Gotti Jr. You know what I mean? These, these people are, you know, they've been See, through a lot in their life. So What I should have said to him was because, you know. I, are you still about to bring up your acting debut? No, no, no! I want to know if that's what you're about to do because I could see it in your face. You're chomping at the bit, Dave. He wasn't saying you were. He can't acting, and I didn't know this as much until I started directing. Actors who who are real actors, you got to give them all respect, bro. It ain't easy. It's not just going out there saying so. It's real, bro. And I didn't even have that thought until I did my Man as a Loser and Rappaport and Stamos came on set professional as can be yeah. fully embodied a character that i had written and delivered at a high level i after that i was like i know there's some actors out there that are fucking crazy but you got to give actors all respect where respect is due and and kev understands that he's been doing it since he's a kid he didn't do a lot of acting lessons but he's acted so much that he's a damn good actor now and he and he knows what it takes yeah. to be into a character and tell the truth okay you're I, I, you're dying to talk go well, ahead because well, we're going to wrap this up soon because I think we've been on for no, two hours he's thinking, if he's directing he's the only person to ever get me to do karaoke so I think if he directed it I think I'd be comfortable and I'd be able to do a good job so now you're comparing karaoke to acting and you better step back, bro. You can't karaoke song that you already know the lyrics to with a beat in the background is not acting. It means nothing. <laughs> but that being said, I'm getting the money. We're going to go shoot two episodes of Single Mike. And you are going to audition to play yourself. You're not going to get it, but you're going to audition for it unless you blow us out of the water. And all of a sudden, we're just like stunned at what happened. But you got to respect the actor, bro. You got to respect him. 
And, and Connolly, by the way, Connolly's so funny. He probably forgot already that he did. He's so, he just was in Spain, flew back. He's exhausted. I, he called me yesterday. He didn't know where he was. Dropped his dog off to get clean somewhere. Forgot where he dropped the dog. He's going to Cannes Film Festival in the morning. So I appreciate him calling in. That was a great talk. And it just let me know that, by the way, we can just have people calling in. I know. I'll have Saget call in. I'll have Stamos call in. Everyone will start calling in. We'll do call-ins. And we'll pull favors. That'd be you know, awesome. I, I never really like abuse or use like all the people that I know. I don't. I never call in favors because I always kind of like, want to get it to a place. But you know what? I think we need it for the. For, I think it's. In, I think it's interesting if you get interesting people on. And Kev's always got something to say, and he's never. He's never at a loss for words. And he knows this world that we live in because he's—I've rode with him through thick and thin. You know what I mean? He was with me at the crazy shit that went down back in the day with me. You know, he's my road dog. You know, and I appreciate it. Do I know Tommy Hearns better than I know Connolly? No, I know Connolly better than I know Tommy Hearns. But I know Tommy Hearns for more years. And I know Connolly better than I know Tommy Hearns because I don't know Tommy Hearns. You don't know Tommy Hearns. You don't even know who Tommy Hearns is. I do know who the name. Yeah. And meanwhile, I know Dustin listens to this, and Dustin has good boxing and kickboxing skills. But I could tell from his form, he's more of a kickboxer. So I'm, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna show him a couple of little boxing things next time <laughs> we box. It was funny, yo. Last night at the comedy store, the kid that played opposite Michael B. Jordan in Creed, was a, who's a professional boxer. I didn't know. I forgot his name. Like Malik B. Have you heard of him? Malik B. He's an actor. He's, I don't know, he was up at the comedy store, so we were talking boxing. I could talk boxing all day long. And so maybe I'll have Tommy Hearns call in. Bro, I could call Tommy Hearns right now and see what's going on. I call Saget right now, but I don't want to put Connolly and Saget on the same show. I'm writing Sebastian into my thing. I'm writing Saget into my thing. That's it. I'm going to get 100000 we got to go stop at a couple places. And Pick then when you're ready, and I, I said, you know, Nick, yeah, listen, maybe Nick, Nick call Anderson. Morgan and Morgan. Call your boy Morgan and Morgan, and we'll see what kind of money he wants to throw into the entertainment game. You know what I mean? Nick he's get, up for 50000 What do you think? He'll probably, be, he'll probably say no right away. No. <laughs> Guy's got $50 million in the bank. Doesn't want to spend 50000 <laughs> Cheap. That's all right. I, got, I, I know who I'm going to call. But Nick Anderson said he'd call in also, a former basketball player. By the way, I just... Um, this is somebody looking. So I'm trying to get booked on the uh, Seth Meyers show. They're looking at me for my comedy, so I got to put like another five minute tape together for Seth Meyers. So I'm thinking like that my bit about over thirty, under thirty should just be the whole five minutes. You know, what I mean, I should stretch that bit out to a five minute bit. As it, like right now, it's like a three minute bit, but I should just do a tight five on two types of girls: over thirty, under thirty. Should we time it right now and see if I could do five minutes for Seth Meyers? Sure. Hey, where's your clock? Uh, let me get it right here. I'm gonna try to do it out loud and see what happens. Let's see. Okay, you ready? Clock, and then I'll Just do the timer. Me. Yeah, time it. Timer starting now. Okay. All right, check it out. I'm back in the single game, relearning the game. Right, I'm relearning the game. Two types of girls: over thirty, under thirty. Are you start? Did you start? Yeah, I started. Oh, <laughs> but it, but it, it started at four minutes. It gave you four minutes, so I could restart it. So let me restart, Dave. Restart. I'm doing this one time that we're getting off, and we're getting out of here. I gotta okay. get back to so the it's starting right now. Over thirty, under thirty, right? Two types of women. Over thirty, under thirty, fellas. No, no. Let me start again. Start again. Ready? Ready? Start again. Cancel. Start. Boom. All right. I'm back in the single game, relearning the game. Two types of girls. Over thirty, under thirty. 
Fellas, over 30, these are women, guys. They know what they want. If there's a one-night stand, it was a one-night stand for her, too. She didn't want to be there either. She's got things to do. That's a grown woman, man. You looked up, she was making a chicken quesadilla, and you didn't even know you had chicken. She tucked you in like a child left with carryout, all right? She doesn't need you. You got used on Wednesday. Under 30, they don't leave. These women, they act like their parents dropped them off for a slumber party. It's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, what's for lunch? I'm thinking a, an Uber burrito. You have to go. You can't just linger around here stealing. You know what I mean? They just don't leave. You wake up in the morning, there's a FedEx package for her. I don't even know my own address. How did she know my address? And these young girls, man, they got energy for days. They want to play fight. I don't want to play fight. I'm a grown man. Don't put me in a headlock. You just pinched a nerve. That hurts. Now I have a full-blown injury. I can't be injured. I got a softball game Thursday. Your wave, what was that, four, I got four minutes left? Oh, my God. Forget it. I can't, I can't. I, it's going to be, it's going to end up being a, a three-minute bit. I, I got to, I'll, I'll craft it at home. But thanks for the timer. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I've been talking to the booker over at the Seth Meyers show. So we're going back and forth. I got to send in a five-minute tape. I think I'm going to record it at Hermosa because they do like six, seven-minute sets. So I'll just take that seven-minute set and I'll just I'll crack it down. But I, I just I need a little more exposure as a stand-up because I told you I dipped out of the st- I didn't dip I never dipped out of stand-up, but my focus became writing when I started just getting hired for writing gigs and it just kind of came off stand-up. But I I love stand-up so much that I'm you know I can't I'm just not giving it up. Uh, can't believe Connolly just fully committed. Did you text me? No. Oh, oh this guy Mike. Mike Weiss. She can rep Rick, too. Yo, it's so funny, man. So, you know, if you guys were listening last time, I'm sure Kevin would say I don't know White Boy Rick, but White Boy Rick, the movie, is coming out with Matthew McConaughey in September. They're talking to me about doing the book. I had a I had an issue with the last editor I was working with. We blew up. I blew up the deal. I couldn't work with him. You know, just a bad vibe. So now we're on to a new situation, which is a beautiful situation. So I'm almost done with the proposal. And this is like some crazy interconnected stuff, right? So obviously, I don't want to say too many names, but like, you know, I know people in Detroit who are big business people, you know what I mean? Big business people. And Rick was put away in Detroit and I made a couple calls and we basically, through my relationships, got him paroled out of jail in Michigan, but he had to serve out two years in Florida on a racketeering charge that was 10 years old. And so... I started to think, who do I know in Florida? That's when I called you, actually. I was like, Ooh, does your dad's friend know this guy? That I don't. Thanks anyway, Dave. I went right to the governor. I made a couple calls to some high-end people in Michigan who had a meeting, obviously, ironically enough, that was already set up with the governor in Florida. And so I sent a summary. I sent the documentary. I pled his case. And they're going to have a meeting about getting Rick clemency. And in a perfect, crazy world... I'm getting him out of jail, you know, and what what boggles my mind, blows my mind is that like all his, he's had a team of lawyers for like 15, 20 years, you know what I mean? Trying to get him out, trying to work different angles, this and that. And I'm wondering why the hell they didn't get him out. Why me calling one dude and who knew another person who from a, you know, just big money people 
why it took this long to get connected. Like, doesn't everybody know somebody who's connected like that? Like, I can't be the only one that, like, knew someone that could get him out of jail. The dude's been sitting in jail 30 years on a nonviolent drug offense. Our justice system is so upside down, it's unbelievable. And when the dirt comes out on this, you're going to see what's really how, how, how this world really works. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just somebody that knows the facts of, of dirty politics. There's dirty cops. There's dirt. You know what I mean? Listen, I have friends that are cops, great police officers, respectable cops. But there's another level in that world. And there's some people out there, man, that back in the 80s and the 90s, they were doing some dirt. And it's already out because they've been arrested. Like the, the, the guys that were dealing drugs when they were cops, they're already been arrested. But my point is like, the world is so much more than what you see on the news, man. And it, it's like, I'm not here to do a crime show. You know what I mean? I'm not here to do a, a How the World Works show because I'm not even... I kind of really... stopped watching the news because all, all of this is doom and gloom and I just don't want to hear it. And people are always like, why don't you do any political comedy? Because it ain't true, bro. It's not... All the shit you see on the news, that's not what's going on. If you're smart, read between the lines on everything that you read in the paper and everything you see on the news. There's always something else going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? When our president wants to go pull a move in Iran, da, da, go see what kind of oil situation is in the you know over over close by. Because believe me, he's having two conversations. One is stop uh, stop your nuclear program. The other one is hey, if we do this, how about we can make this happen? All right, it's just the way the world works. You know what I mean? It's just like. Whatever. People have been getting kickbacks on, on deals f for a thousand years. There's ways to do business. It's the way, it's the way business is done. You know what I mean? You've, I don't think, you know, listen, the mayor of Detroit, Kwame Kilpatrick, he got, he's doing 25 years because he bankrupted the city. He was an idiot. There was a way he could have done business that would have been smoother instead of giving your three best friends all the contracts, threatening people's lives, and making a hooker disappear. You know what I mean? There's ways to go about handling your business, manipulating, and it's like you got to be smooth to operate in this world. And, you know, I'm just going to pat myself on the back just for getting Rick's situation all the way up to where we've gotten it. And I'll know more in the next few days if we actually can get him clemency and get him out of jail. And listen, white boy Rick, he was no angel. He admits it. He wasn't an angel. He was selling cocaine. He got caught with eight kilos. He was doing real shit. He was in the middle of a war zone. You know what I mean? He was with guys that were killers and gangsters and this and that. But the dudes that were literally hired to kill him, they're out. They're free. They're writing their own books right now. Yeah. They're writing, you know what I mean? They're walking around the streets. They're good. They're done. That was a moment in their life. They don't do that anymore. These were straight up gangsters who did things for money. The dope kingpins that he put away, they went away for 15 years. They're walking the streets. They're on videos on YouTube having picnics in Detroit. It's all good. They don't even care about Rick anymore. They don't care. The bottom line is get the guy out of jail. Enough is enough. And listen, did he turn a lot of people in and maybe he's got some enemies still out there in the streets? Who knows what people feel? But this ain't the 1950s or 60s or 70s when the old school gangsters in the street code where they live by a rule and they had, you know, and they live by a code and they honored the code and if they got caught, they just went away because they understood that was their life. Things evolved and changed and all of a sudden it was like the dudes who you thought were the, you know, 
the the top dog gangster dude, they were flipping. They became informants. So it became a cloudy. It's a different world. It's a cloudy world. My whole point is the guy served his time. Thirty years is enough. Get out. Hopefully we can free. You know we free white boy Rick. I don't want to wear the T-shirt, but you know the dude deserves to get out. And listen, I'm like, hey, he, he calls me every day. Call up Dan, Dan Gilbert. Tell LeBron. Tell have him tell LeBron to put up a shirt, wear a shirt that says "Free White Boy Rick." Listen, if Dan got along with LeBron like that, he would. I want to hear your stories. We never got to talk about your conversations or courtside experience with him. Aaron, are we cool on time? Okay, we're going to... Next podcast. We'll do it next podcast, all right? We're going to wrap this one up. Next time, we'll talk about how I was lucky enough to go with the owner of the Cavaliers on his airplane to the Cavs game seven, uh, and then game five against uh, Toronto. Um, It was amazing. We had a blast. We talked shop, did a lot of fun things in Detroit. But thank Kevin Connolly for calling in. Thank you so much. Cons, love you, buddy. Uh, Stock Tip Dave. Find him on Instagram at, at Stock Tip Dave. We're going to keep that name for now. This is Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Find me on Instagram at The Real Mike Young. Check stories that need to be told on all things comedy. YouTube station is called My- Mike Young's Comedy Station. Mike Young's Comedy Station. All things comedy is the platform. Uh, you know, whatever, however they do their thing, just follow us, follow them, and we'll see you. Peace. When I was a kid, take me never back had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a man two. now, once check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down, sound. no time getting down now. now. Take me back uh, when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now, I'm a man now.